0: Romans chapter 6 please, Romans chapter 6, and let's look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you this day for the privilege we have of being together uh, around your word been able to spend time together in the Word of God, and we thank you for that privilege. Would you pray, Father God, that you'd guide our time today as we uh, open up your Word, give us wisdom and understanding regarding its truth. May, Father God, we glean from your Word today what you would have for us. Lord, we know that when we come together around your Word, that your Word, when it goes forth, will accomplish in our lives what you had intended for it to accomplish. And we pray today that it would have its purpose and its will in our lives to your glory. Give me wisdom, I pray, today as I preach. Allow me to have clarity of thought and uh, allow me to clearly proclaim your word that each and every one of us may gain understanding of its truth. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Considering the matter of sanctification here in Romans chapter 6 and the matter of victory, over sin, we have seen that the means of attaining that victory, that sanctification that God desires of us, are contained in three words here in Romans chapter 6. The first word is the word no, and that was centered in the mind. The second word was the word reckon in verse 11, and that was uh, uh, touching the will. And we said last week that there are two questions, uh, and the third one, sorry, is yield, which we started to see last week, which it's uh, Got that back to front. Reckon is to, to focus on the heart, and yield touches the will. I knew I'd get that wrong as I read my notes this morning. I got it back to front. I knew I'd get it back to front in the pulpit, which I did. So, uh, But we started looking at what we yield last week. And uh, we said last week that there are two questions that we need to ask when it comes to this matter of yielding, if we're to apply this word to our lives. We must ask, how are we to yield? And secondly, we must ask, why are we to yield? We started to look last week at how we are to yield here in Romans 6, verses 12 and 13. And we said that as believers, there are four decisions that you and I need to make. Two negative and two positive decisions. We saw the two negative decisions last week, that we must decide not to let sin reign in our mortal body. And also in verse 13, not to yield our members to sin. Which leads us to the third command that we need to decide to obey if we're to have victory, if we are to be sanctified. We must decide to yield ourselves to God. Look in verse 13. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God. There's a life from the dead as your, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. We are to yield ourselves to God. We need to make a decision to yield ourselves to God. The word yield here means to place at the disposal of to present, to offer up as a sacrifice unto God. And the phrase, but yield yourselves, is a command. As we've seen throughout this passage of Romans chapter 6, This command after command after command. This is yet again another command. And Paul says here in verse 13, he says, Stop continually yielding your members to unrighteousness, but instead... Yield or present yourselves to God. Stop yielding your members to unrighteousness, but instead yield yourself, present yourself to God. We're commanded to stop putting ourselves at the disposal of sin. Stop continually going back to that old life, continually going back to the old way, continually putting on the grave clothes. Stop going back there. But instead now walk in righteousness. Yield yourself. To God. Right now, decisively, put ourselves at God's disposal. Now, the word but here in verse 13, but yield, the word but, is uh, the strongest word you can find for this connection here. Okay? It's a strong alternative. So in other words, here is one thing you're doing, you're comm- surrendering your members, presenting your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Now here is the alternative, it's a strong alternative, but instead of doing that, but yield. And that phrase, but yield, means just stop. It's punctiliar. Stop what you're doing and do something different. Just stop it, he says. Stop yielding your members of instruments of unrighteousness sin and yield yourself unto God, but do it. Here's the alternative. Stop what you're doing, and right there and then yield. Surrender yourself and your members to righteousness. Stop yielding your members to sin, but don't stop there. There's an alternative. I command you to present yourself to God. Now here in the second half of Romans chapter 6 and verse 13, there is a slight but significant difference in wording from the first part of the verse. Okay, there's not total mirror image. What he tells us not to do is not reflected in what he tells us to do. They're not identical. You see, we are, according to Romans chapter 6 and verse 13b, to yield ourselves to God, but yield yourselves unto God. And that phrase, or that terminology about ourselves is not used in the first half of the verse. Notice, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Makes no mention of ourselves. You see, we're not commanded not to yield ourselves unto unrighteousness. We're commanded only not to yield our members unto unrighteousness to sin. So why is there a difference? Why are we not told to yield ourselves not to yield ourselves unto unrighteousness while we're still to where we are told to yield ourselves unto God? Well that's because of what has already been said in Romans chapter six. You see, we've already been seen that you and I are dead to sin, verse two, God forbid. Or verse one says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? We're dead to sin. We've also been set free from the reign of sin. Verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. We've seen here in Romans chapter 6 that you and I are in Christ. And because we are in Christ, we are in a different position than we were before we got saved. In fact, Romans 6.13 kind of Tells us about that in the second half of the verse, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. We're alive from the dead, we're spiritual alive, we've been quickened, we're new creatures in Christ. There's something different about us now. The old man is dead. The we and I are new creatures in Christ. So there is no need to command us, neither yield yourselves unto sin. As well as telling us, neither yield your members unto unrighteousness to sin. Because you and I are bought with a price. You and I are the sons of God. The old man is dead. We no longer have to serve sin. That relationship is broken. You and I have been set free from sin. We don't have to say, God doesn't have to say to us, so do not yield yourselves to sin. That has been broken, that's been taken care of by Christ at Calvary. The Spirit dwells within. We have a new nature. Sin no longer has dominion over us. The power of sin has been broken. That's what he's been saying in Romans chapter 6. And what he wants you and I to remember here in verse 13 is this. That our members, our flesh, is the problem that you and I have as believers. Not our nature. The nature's new. You and I have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We have a new nature. The nature's not the problem. The sin nature's dead. The old man is dead. He was crucified with Christ. The old nature is not the problem. It's our members. It's our flesh. It's the residual. Of what we were before we got saved that's the problem and therefore in Romans chapter 6 and verse 13b Paul states that before we can have victory we must yield ourselves to God okay, remember the old man is dead we are new creatures in Christ now how do we get victory over sin how do we not yield our members unrighteous to sin well we first of all must yield ourselves to God we must allow ourselves to be submitted to his will. The difference between Romans 6.13 A and Romans 6.13 B is that before we were saved we were sinners by nature. But now that you and I are saved we have a new nature and we no longer have to sin. Sin no longer has power over us. We cannot yield our members to God until... But, but we cannot yield our members to God until we've yielded ourselves to God. You see, if you and I are going to walk in victory, if you and I are going to have victory over sin, if you and I are going to be sanctified, if you and I are going to walk in the Spirit, as we're supposed to walk in the Spirit, then the first thing you and I have to do is surrender ourselves to God. We need to yield ourselves to... To God, For victory over sin, as we've seen in Romans chapter 6, is not of us. Victory over sin is all of God. He's the one who empowers you and I to have the victory. It's the indwelling Holy Spirit that enables you and I to have the victory. It's resurrection power that gives us the victory. It's all of Him. Just as much as our salvation was by grace through faith and faith alone in Christ alone... So, too, our sanctification is by faith. The just shall live by faith. We have to believe these things to be true. We know it, reckon it, and now we have to apply it. Yield ourselves to this truth. Surrender to God. It's all of Him. God has done everything necessary for us to have victory. Isn't that a wonderful truth? He has given us a new nature. And according to Second Peter chapter three and verse, uh, chapter 1 and verse 3, he's given to you and I all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now think about this. God says, at salvation I'm going to take you away from the kingdom of unrighteousness. The old man is dead. Sin has no more dominion over you. And I'm going to move you and I'm going to place you in Christ. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the indwelling Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a new nature. And through the new nature, I'm going to empower you to live righteously. I'm going to give you all the tools. I'm going to give you all the things you need that pertain to life and godliness. I'm not just simply going to take you away from sin and declare you righteous. I'm actually going to empower you to live righteously. I'm going to give to you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And that's a wonderful truth. He didn't save us, set us free and then leave us to ourselves and said, fend for yourself, work it out for yourself and make sure you don't do the wrong thing. I'll be watching you. God says, I'm going to make you a new creature in Christ Jesus and I'm going to empower you with all the power you need, resurrection power to live godly for me. See for us to be sanctified for us to live godly there's a need for us to personally therefore to surrender ourselves to God to surrender ourselves to his leading in our lives victory is only possible you see as you and I submit our wills to God we're reminded here that it's possible for us as believers to put ourselves at God's disposal to yield our wills to God. Now we can see this and understand this yielding better here in Romans chapter 6 and verse 13 when we understand that the same word is translated present in Romans 12.1. And we know Romans 12.1 well, but let's read it. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present, same Greek word, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, Holy and unto God, which is a reasonable service. So that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That you present. That phrase there, that you present, commonly denotes action of bringing and presenting an animal or some other kind of sacrifice before an altar. So this, that you present, you're presenting something at an altar as a sacrifice unto God. And so in Romans chapter 6 and verse 13b, where it says yield, and Romans chapter 12 verse 1, where it talks about presenting yourself, it implies that an action was free and voluntary offering. We choose to devote ourselves. You see, all those offerings that were presented in the Old Testament were by choice. They chose to offer a sacrifice. And here we are to choose to offer ourselves to God. Romans 12, 1 goes a little bit further. It says, present yourselves a living sacrifice. Now, the idea of a living sacrifice is the idea of the first fruits, okay? whereby the first fruits were given of the crop unto God. They were a kind of living sacrifice. Those things were given to God, but then they were used for other purposes. And the idea is it was set apart to the service of God, and he offered it, released all claim on it. When those first fruits were given, they were used by the priests and the Levites. It was their, their means of surviving. And so when you gave of your first fruits, you set it apart for God's service, and you offered it and released all claim on it, and submitted it to God to be disposed of at his will. And here in Romans chapter 6 verse 13b, yield yourselves to God, means that we are to devote ourselves to God as if we no longer have any claim on ourselves, that we are His. Now we know we belong to Jesus because we're saved. We are the sons of God. We've been born again. And you and I, if we were asked, would say, yes, I, I belong to Jesus, I am His. The question here is, how much of you is his? Have we surrendered at all to him? You see, we need to submit ourselves, our lives to God to be disposed of at his will. Now, Isaac in Genesis chapter 22 is, illustrates this matter of living and sacrifice well for us. Remember, Isaac was, went with his dad, Abraham. Abraham was told to take his son, his only son, and offer him up as a sacrifice on a mountain that God would show him. And they went out that day, Isaac and his father. And Isaac wasn't, you know, a three-year-old child. He was probably a teenager by this time. And the two of them head out to go to the mount that God would reveal to him, which is in that mountain range where we find Mount Calvary. And they make the way there. And as they're going up the mountain, Isaac makes the observation... Here's the wood and here's the fire, but where's the sacrifice? Little did he know that he was the sacrifice in the mind of his father. Now, God knew differently, of course, but Isaac went with his father up the mountain and Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. And as they made their way up to that mountain, Isaac willingly lay himself on the altar And he would have willingly died in obedience to God's will, but for a ram caught in the thicket. That day, as Isaac made his way up that mountain, you know, of the two characters on that day, Abraham gets all the limelight and Isaac doesn't get much credit. But on that day, Isaac died to self. He willingly yielded himself to the will of God. And if it was God's will that he die as a sacrifice, he willingly lay on that altar. And he was a living sacrifice. And that's what's meant here. By yield yourselves unto God. It's yielding ourselves to the will of God. It's as Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine, whereas it says, be, be filled with the Spirit. It's allowing God to use us. It's surrendering our wills to God, saying, Lord, here am I. Whatever you will for me, I will do. Lord, I am yours. Presenting ourselves to God for his service so that his will might be done in and through us. One commentator said this, if we are to yield ourselves to doing right, we must have a willingness to do right before we can choose to do right. We have to be willing to do God's will before we can do God's will. That's to present ourselves here. We're to stop what we're doing and we are to yield ourselves unto God. And this leads us to the fourth command that we must decide to obey. We must decide to yield our members to God. But you'll just yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead, and yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Not only are we to yield ourselves unto God, but here we are to yield our members to God. Once you and I have yielded ourselves to God, then we are to yield, present our members to God. Which you and I can now do because we are empowered by God. Get the point here? When you and I come and we yield ourselves to God and we allow the Spirit of God to take control of our lives, then and only then are we empowered to yield our members as instruments of righteousness unto God. As we yield ourselves to God, He empowers us to do this next part. That's the wonderful truth of God's Word and God's plan for our lives. It's not of us. You and I don't have to somehow... Find a way to stop doing things. You know, we have to stop this. and you know, Like on a diet, we've got to push all these things out of our lives. Because the problem is, if we're not doing it in the powering of the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, you and I will then go back to those things. The flesh craves those things. But as you and I yield to, the Holy, so yield to God and the Holy Spirit takes charge of our lives, we're then empowered so that we can then yield our members unto righteousness. Unto God. See, is isn't enough to take our members away from the service of sin. We must present them for the service of the Lord. If we take ourselves away from the service of sin and we turn away to nothing, our hearts deceitful and desperately wicked, above all things, will cause you and I in the flesh to turn back to the way we were. We have to yield ourselves unto God and we need to yield our members unto righteousness. Of course, they stop yielding your members to sin, but don't stop there. There is an alternative. We must enlist our members in the service of righteousness. Now remember, members here is our body parts, as we saw last week. Our hands, our feet, our eyes, our ears, our body parts. And we are to enlist our members in the service of righteousness. We're commanded here, because this is a command, we're commanded here to act, to decide, to choose like people who are dead to sin and alive to Christ, to yield our members as instruments of righteousness. But yield yourselves to God. As those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instrument righteous unto God. We're to make a presentation of our members to God for His service. You see, God wants the members of our body as tools in building his church. And to be used as weapons in fighting his warfare. He wants the members of our body to be used as tools for building his church. And weapons for fighting his warfare. The Bible tells of people who who permitted God to take and use their lives. Use their members. For righteousness. In building God's ministry and fighting God's enemy, fulfilling God's purpose. Remember Moses at the burning bush? God said to Moses, what's in thy hand? He took the rod and used it for his glory. Remember David went out one day to see his brothers and found that the Jewish nation was carrying a gentleman by the name of Goliath and David couldn't handle the fact that he was defying the armies of the mighty God, of his God. And so David went out with a sling and five stones and he slew a giant because David allowed God to use what was in his hand. He used the mouths and tongues of the prophets to proclaim his word. Paul's feet were dedicated, shod with the preparation of the gospel, to carry the gospel from city to city throughout the known world. The Apostle John's eyes saw visions of the future in the book of Revelation. His ears heard God's message. His fingers wrote it all down in a book that we can read today, the book of Revelation. You see, throughout history, the great men of God, what you find about them is that they were surrendered to God, they yielded themselves to God, and they yielded their members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now there are examples in the Word of God of members of believers' bodies being used for simple purposes, sinful purposes. David is a good example of that. You know David's eyes looked upon his neighbor's wife. His mind plotted a wicked scheme. His hands signed a cowardly order for the woman's husband to be put at the heat of the battle, and he murdered her wife, he murdered her husband. All because he yielded his members unto unrighteousness to sin. You see, the difference was who he yielded his members to. Remember, David was a man after God's own heart. David was used mightily in the slaying of Goliath and many other occasions. And whenever David allowed he was yielding unto God, and he allowed his members to be yielded unto righteousness. David brought glory to God, but the moment David allowed his eyes to see Bathsheba and his mind to dwell upon that, to create a scheme to have her husband put to death, he allowed his members to be yielded unto unrighteousness, to sin. And the reality is, if you and I yield ourselves to self, we will obey self, we'll yield our members to unrighteousness. But if we yield to Christ, we will obey Christ. If we present, if we yield ourselves to Christ, we will be empowered to present our members as instruments of righteousness. I can't stress this enough, You know, there's so much out there, your self-help books about how to get victory and how to do this. And it's all about, you know, identifying the problem and then making sure you kept that problem out of your life. And it's all about me, 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 me. The problem with that is that the flesh is still the flesh. And the flesh still wants to pursue unrighteousness. Sin is appealing to the flesh. And I can't emphasize enough that the, the, the key here is that you and I present ourselves to God then we are enabled to present our members to righteousness unto God. Whenever we find ourselves yielding our members to his instrument of righteousness of sin, we need to stop right there and then and yield to God. Remember, but yield it is just stop. It's punctilia. Whenever we feel the desire to yield our members of instruments right unrighteous unto sin, you and I need to stop there and then, and we need to yield ourselves unto God and say, Lord, empower me that I might use my members for righteousness. Stop what you're doing and yield to God. Stop what you're doing and surrender your members for righteousness. One commentator put it this way, do not offer the parts of your bodies to sin as weapons of wickedness, but instead offer yourselves to God as those who were brought from death to life. And offer your bodily parts to him as weapons of righteousness. You see, this yielding is an act of the will. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, whole and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's an act of the will. Based upon the knowledge that we have and what Christ has done for us. You see, he says here, don't allow sin to rule your life. Don't allow sin to rule your body and therefore give in to the lust thereof. Remember what he says in verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey the lust thereof. Don't allow sin to rule your life. Don't give in to the lust of the flesh. It said, yield, present your body, your members as instruments, weapons of righteousness for the Lord. And as Romans... right at the end says, we are to present our bodies, notice what it says, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. You see, the first and the supreme consideration of you and I as believers must always be the glory of God. We are to live for his glory. We are to live unto God. First Peter 1 Peter 1.15 tells us that we are to be holy for I am holy. And the true reason for being holy, the true reason for sanctification, the true reason for yielding ourselves unto God and yielding our members unto righteousness, the true reason of that is not that we may no longer be miserable. It's not even that we might have the victory. The true reason for being holy is is that it's only then that we can glorify God. You see, the chief end of man is to glorify God. That's why we were created. That's why you and I were saved. We were born again for his glory. We were set free from sin for his glory. We were delivered from the dominion of unrighteous and delivered to the realm of righteous for his glory. The reason why you and I are saved is for his glory. It's not even that you and I can go to heaven. That is a benefit of us living for his glory. That is the benefit for him getting the glory when he saved us. But the reason why you and I are to surrender, present ourselves unto God, and our members as instruments of righteousness unto God, is because it's for his glory unto God. We are to be holy, not for our sakes primarily, but for God's sake. You know, the wonderful thing is, when you and I present ourselves unto God, and He empowers us that we might then present our members to righteousness, and He gets the glory, we get the benefit. Because living godly lives for the glory of God is a good place to be. It's the sweet place to be in life, isn't it? It's the place whereby you and I are blessed of God. It's the place where you and I have peace. It's the place where you and I find that we have confidence. It's the place where you and I really experience hope. We get the benefit of doing what God wants to do, doing things for His glory. We are to present ourselves unto God, yield ourselves and our members to God, that he might get the glory. That's our chief aim. It's unto God. And when we do that, and he gets the glory, we will have the victory. The glory of God ought to be the motivation for godly living. Now to sum it up, in Romans 6, 12 and 13, we as believers have the victory not because of what we do, but because of what Christ has done. Remember that. You and I can have the victory not because of what we do, but because of what Christ has done. And therefore we ought to present ourselves to God so that we can present our members as instruments of righteousness, as weapons in the hand of God to be used for his glory. And the desire of our heart every day ought to be to live each day for God's glory, because when we do, we will have the victory. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you this morning for your Word. We thank you for Romans chapter six and these two great verses on yielding, Father God, and particularly this verse thirteen, which we've seen today. We're so thankful, Father, that. You have delivered us from the realm of unrighteousness, that we are, in Christ, are dead under sin. The old man is dead, that we have no longer need to submit to its authority. Its power has been broken. And now we can present ourselves to you. And when we do present ourselves to you, you then empower us to yield our members as instruments of righteousness for your glory. Lord, help us daily to surrender our lives to your will that you might empower us to surrender our members for your glory. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.